0: BIRD's Patient and Public Engagement, podcasts. Hello and welcome to this fourth episode in our series of podcasts about axial spondyloarthritis. My name is Malbrook and I'm the Patient and Public Engagement Programme Director for BIRD. In this episode, I'm talking to Rosie Barnett, who's a research assistant working across Bath University and the RNHRD. Rosie has been working on Project Nightingale, which is a self-tracking application that enables people with AXPAR to map their symptoms on a daily basis and hopefully lead to improved self-management of the condition. Hello, Rosie. It's great to have you join us today.
1: Yep, yeah, thank you for having me. It
0: would be lovely, before we get stuck into the topic, is to actually talk about A bit about you and what you do, and how you're involved with research.
1: Absolutely. So I initially joined um, the University of Bath within the computer science department mm-hmm. um, back in April of last year. So um, I was working across the University of Bath and also the Royal National Hospital for Rheumatic Diseases, um, where I was helping build a database of patients and collect information on real life events. So this has created a really unique novel database for future research, which is very exciting. And then through that, Dr. Raj Gupta at the RNHRD got me involved with Project Nightingale, which was really exciting and something very novel that I hadn't heard of before. So... From that work, I then, from April last year to December, was working on funding applications to try and get a bit more support for Project Nightingale and hopefully prolong my post as it was initially a fixed-term position.
0: Mm. And
1: thankfully, we then did receive funding from the Sir Halley Stewart Trust, which is an incredible opportunity, and we've been able to create a full-time position for Project Nightingale research. So that has just been implemented um, September of this year. So I've just started full-time working on Project Nightingale, And then in January, I'll be beginning a PhD and that will be within the Department of Computer Science and also the Department of Health. So it'll really be a multidisciplinary PhD. Oh, that sounds
0: really exciting. It's a lot of work ahead of you as well.
1: Definitely a lot of work. I feel very excited about it. It will be looking at um, self-tracking applications and and um, the best way to potentially implement these for self-management in axial spondyloarthritis. And of course, always ultimately to um, improve the quality of care for patients.
0: Mm, does sound really interesting. It all links in, doesn't it? So we're going to talk about Project Nightingale. So for anyone who's listening who doesn't know what it is, I think we should probably start with the background of it.
1: Definitely. So Project Nightingale is a collaboration between um, the RNHRD, the University of Bath, the charity White Swan, which is the charity arm of the data analytics company Black Swan Data, and also Umotif, which is a smartphone data capture platform. So, Project Nightingale was essentially designed to empower people with Axpar to take control of their symptoms and improve their quality of life, and hopefully gain a better understanding of their condition through daily self reporting of symptoms and behaviour. And not only will the data gathered hopefully help consultants to help people with Axbar better manage their condition, but also people can see their own real-time data on the app on factors that may influence their symptoms. So, for example, how potentially stress may influence their symptoms or use of anti-inflammatory medications or recommended exercise. So this allows for potentially a level of self-management. And for um, participants who are also consented to the Bath Arthritis Research Biobank, it means that this really unique daily captured data can be used for future research to help us gain a better understanding of AXPAR. So this is something that really hasn't been done before, trying to provide a much bigger picture of a person's experience with the condition and daily experience.
0: Mm. So it's a very novel approach, isn't it, to helping people to help themselves and also collecting data?
1: Absolutely.
0: Um, and I think you're right, understanding what triggers them and what helps is also a really important aspect of living with a condition like Axbar.
1: Definitely. Okay. That's
0: really exciting. So what kinds of things in terms of the data are collected?
1: So the actual interface of the app itself is designed to look like a flower and each petal of that flower represents a symptom or behaviour. So there are eight different symptoms or behaviours that are automatically tracked by patients. So this can include, for example, pain, sleep quality, whether or not someone has had a flare that day, mood, stress, use of anti-inflammatory medication. And then also people can choose two optional variables to track by the, the petals. So this can be, for example, caffeine intake, screen time, smoking. I believe alcohol intake is also involved there and hot flushes as well are an option to track. And essentially the, the flower acts like a visual metaphor. So the fuller the petals and the fuller the flower, the better the outcome. So for example, a full petal for pain would mean no pain or a full petal for fatigue would mean no fatigue that day. And people are asked to fill this out on a daily basis. So you get a daily reminder sent from your to your phone to say, could you please fill this out today? And you can then via the app as well have a visual feedback of this data using the My Data part of the app. So you can plot, for example, your pain and your fatigue over 30 days, and the app automatically feeds that back to you and shows you a graph of how your symptoms have fluctuated over time.
0: Hmm. So I've got a couple of questions on that. First of all, how were the themes for each petal decided? Was that done through a process of liaison with patients or patient groups or organisations?
1: Um, absolutely, so initially um, it was Dr Raj Singh Gupta who decided the petals and um, I wasn't actually involved initially at the beginning of the project so I'm not sure how much consultation happened or what the formal process was for this But especially for deciding the optional variables, we've had quite a few sort of patient information days organized by BIRD, Mm -hmm. which was excellent. And we got a lot of feedback about certain petals that would be really interesting to track. So we've actually been able to add additional optional variables that have been decided by patients that were of interest to them. So these have been able to be included now as well.
0: Well, that makes sense then, because obviously Raj, with his experience, his extensive experience of AXPAR, he would have put in all the basic. And yes, you're right. We have had lots of interaction and discussion at event with patient suggestion. And the other thing I wanted to ask you, Rosie, is you talked about the app sending out a daily reminder to people, which I think is really useful because we do forget things. And when things are good, particularly, you forget rate, what might be affecting you or how you're feeling. Mm-hmm. How good at are- patients are actually doing things on a daily basis and using the app?
1: So it varies quite a lot Um, it's quite interesting we've actually got a publication that's currently been written up and submitted to a journal and it was looking specifically at adherence and use of the app and Mm -hmm. it seems like it tends to be that people who look at certain times each day and do that regularly are much better at keeping it up so I I think that's something they're to do with maybe forming a routine Mm -hmm. and also as well older patients tend to log more frequently which is quite interesting so I think there has been a little bit of a a loss of use of the app through um, the current situation going on Mm -hmm. in the world and I think potentially this is just through less interaction with with healthcare. but there is lots of ongoing research in terms of not just Project Nightingale but other apps as well trying to work out how this can most be useful for patients and how We can improve use of the app and make sure that it's easier to remember to do and be simple enough to fill in that it isn't too time consuming.
0: Mm, Sounds like developing a habit is the way to complete data on a more regular basis.
1: Definitely. Yeah.
0: So in terms of outcomes and targets and analysis of the data from the app, what are you looking for there?
1: So currently we have an effective plan in place where we're focusing on flares, as this is something that is, is not very well explored currently in axial arthritis. So for example, there have been previous studies looking at flare, but often it's relying upon um, remembering how many flares you've had in a certain period of time. So obviously sometimes this can be hard to remember how exactly how you've experienced flare and how you've experienced symptoms. Mm. So like we were saying before, having this daily, self reported data to look at flare is really novel so we 've set out three effective targets so the first is looking into characterizing flare and we 've already had two conference abstracts that have been accepted and published that were looking at characterization of flare so what symptoms seem to be worse when a flare occurs, how often a flare is occurring, and also how long do these flares occur for. And we've also been working as well on a manuscript that has been looking at whether or not people experience flares differently, which obviously through um, clinical practice and Raj's experience he understands that there are many different experiences of flare and previous publications as well. I believe there was one in 2016 that was trying to come up with a preliminary definition for flair in Axfar, and it came up with 27 different preliminary definitions. So flare experience can really differ from patient to patient. Hmm. For this manuscript, we ended up finding that there seems to be two clusters of patients who experience flares differently. And one of these clusters seems to be having a shorter but more intense and pain experience and flare experience. So a greater worsening of, for example, their sleep quality, their fatigue and pain. And then there seems to be another group of patients who seem to have a longer flare duration, but a less intense flare experience. Mm. And so that's quite interesting. The second area that we'll be really focusing on is whether or not we can predict when flares are going to occur. So this would be really useful for potentially just trying to make the condition a little bit more unpredictable and improving the lives of patients. And also in terms of trying to work out when is the best time to intervene to reduce a flare. And that leads nicely on to our third target, which is looking at how to resolve flare. So what do patients tend to do that helps them resolve their flare quicker? For example, is there changes to their exercise routines, changes to their sleep, or potentially changes to their medication intake that can really help resolve a flare quicker?
0: Mm, there's so many things going on within the ability to look at the data, isn't there? I mean, flare-ups can happen as a result of a poorly controlled disease and medications may reduce the number of flare-ups. Like you said, everybody has their own experience or their own description of what a flare means to them. So if you're starting to be able to identify kind of main types, that's really interesting Definitely, if they can be predicted, that could be really useful for patients to be able to understand what lifestyle influences are creating a trigger for a flare-up. So yeah, and there's so many things there, so much potential within the data, isn't there? Definitely. So what's kind of next for Project Nightingale? Because it's been ongoing since when? Um,
1: April 2018.
0: So you've got a fair amount of data gathering now, sort of two years later.
1: Exactly. So we've got a really good data set now for two years worth of data. So this is what we've been using for that manuscript, looking at flare characterization. Mm -hmm. And we've also quite interestingly been working at the moment on another manuscript, which was looking at chronic widespread pain in patients and how daily self-reported data can help reflect the experience of patients with chronic pain in AXPAR in comparison to potentially regional pain or no pain. So we found that patients with chronic widespread pain appear to be patients who have this shorter but perhaps more intense experience. So they have worse pain, worse fatigue, worse sleep. So learning from this daily self-reported data, we can learn a bit more about chronic pain and perhaps help identify those patients who might need additional clinical support.
0: Mm, That's really good. It's all progressive and it's all about tailoring treatments and medication options as well, isn't it, in the long term for patients or being able to identify who needs those kinds of things.
1: Exactly. And, And back to your question about sort of future aims that is absolutely our overall end goal effectively so we've really been thinking about how potentially in future we could integrate this daily self-reported data into clinic and really make it so that patients can have much more patient-centered conversations around self-tracking data and see whether this will be useful to help as you say optimize treatment outcomes and really try to improve people's quality of life so there has actually already been an effective proof of concept study looking Mm -hmm. at self-tracking data in rheumatic conditions. And this was done at the University of Manchester and it was called Remora. And this was looking at remote monitoring of outcomes in rheumatoid arthritis. And they found that patients who were using the app and having consultations incorporating their patient-generated health data, they found that the app and the use of self-tracking data in clinic provided a much bigger picture of their overall symptoms and sort of revealed what they were actually experiencing and it was found that these this use of this daily data really revolutionized the way that the consultation occurred and made it a much more patient-centered discussion.
0: That would be great if uh, Project Nightingale and the data collected helps in the same way for people with AXFAR.
1: Absolutely and we really need to think about how we can incorporate this um, in the hospital and obviously there needs to be a lot more work done on this and this these ideas are all very much just in their infancy but it's really exciting knowing now that I can work on this project for three years and it'll be really great to see where we progress in that time
0: yeah and you've already identified lots of different trends and information that you can pick up so I'm sure more will come out of that as you work through over the next few years so i will be interesting we we'll have to keep catching up Rosie
1: definitely definitely Um, So in terms of as well our future ideas for the app, um, at the moment the Project Nightingale app is by no means perfect and we are always um, receiving feedback from patients and always thinking about how we can improve the app itself. So in terms of as well making a platform that can really be integrated with the electronic health record. We're currently looking at developing an app that will be more set up for this in terms of accessibility of data, and also in terms of just making it more useful for patients. So my colleague, Dr. Simon Jones at the university, he's a senior lecturer in human-computer interaction. He's currently been developing a lifestyle app for knee osteoarthritis called iQuaLa, And this app itself, it, provides intelligent insights to do with patients' preferences for physical activity Mm. and which physical activities would be best for them. And again, it formats in the same way so that there can be regular data collection as well. There's also um, possibilities for in-app social interactions, which is really exciting. And it's really trying to make the app more efficient in terms of self-management and also to provide a better experience for patients. So we're really thinking of how we can take aspects learned from his work on the iKoala app, which isn't yet published, but we will keep you updated via the Project Nightingale website in terms of that. But learning about how anything that they've learned from that app, we can also apply to a potential future Project Nightingale app. And again, over the next three years, that's something that we'll really be working on.
0: Sounds like a great collaboration, Rosie.
1: Thank you. That would be great.
0: You mentioned some manuscripts um, and information, initial papers written about the data that's been collected and what it's showing. Where can patients access that?
1: So I've just been thinking about this today actually and we've really been developing our Project Nightingale website So there is a website associated with Project Nightingale and on that website we do have additional resources and a blog section as well which includes regular research updates both with Project Nightingale and also um, regular research updates for other research to do with AXPAR and I'm also, now that we're developing more manuscripts and more outputs for the project, I'm going to include on the Project Nightingale website a separate publication section which will include links to all of the information and outputs from the project specifically
0: brilliant so what's that website address rosie
1: so it's projectnightingale.org.
0: okay and we'll put that in our show notes as well
1: definitely and also for those of you who have twitter um my twitter rosie barnett 95 i post regular project nightingale updates on there as well
0: great because especially if you've been taking part i think it's really encouraging to then be able to see what an impact your part has played in it in terms of the data collection. So Rosie, you mentioned blog, which is really interesting. And I wondered whether or not, do you have patients who are using the app right for you on that blog?
1: Yes, so we've actually had um, a patient who was really keen to talk about their experiences using the app and how it's really changed his daily self-management of his condition. And so that has been posted on the blog and there's a video of him talking about his experiences as well as um, an effective sort of transcript at the beginning talking a little bit about his background and how he came to use the app and about his experience with the condition which is really exciting and we've also as well had someone who has written written a blog post for us where they're essentially again just talking about their experience with the condition and how the being diagnosed with AS made them not take their health for granted and it's allowed them to actually become more healthy than their their friends and peers who don't necessarily have a condition like AS where they're much more conscious about the exercise they do and it was really interesting and such positive message that it brought to the blog as well.
0: That's great so people could get in touch with you if they feel they would like to contribute to that can they?
1: Absolutely. So yeah, anyone who wants to get in contact, um, I expect it, my email can be put in the show notes as well. But my email address is rosie.barnett1 at nhs.net. And that's Barnett with two T's.
0: Okay, I'll make sure those go in the show notes, Rosie.
1: Oh, brilliant. Thank you.
0: Lovely. Thanks, Rosie. It's been really good talking to you.
1: It's been really good talking to you as well. Thank you for the opportunity. Mm-hmm. hope you enjoyed today's podcast
0: and just a reminder that you can sign up to hear about more podcasts and all the patient engagement research opportunities that are upcoming by joining our mailing list all you have to do is send an email to admin at birdbath.org.uk the link is also in the text description of this podcast We would also like to thank Healthwatch, Bath and North East Somerset for helping to fund this podcast. Time for a quick cuppa and a stretch. While you've got the kettle on, I'd like to just mention our new text and donate service that will help us to fund these podcasts. All you'd need to do is... Text BIRD 270460 to donate £5. This costs £5 plus a standard rate message. Thanks for your support.